0: Well, this morning we continue our series called From Heaven Above as we are in the Advent season and focused on the different gifts that Jesus brought with him uh, when he was born as a baby in a manger um, so long ago to come and to save the world from our sins. You know, it's uh, interesting when you uh, think about Advent, the word meaning arrival implied in that word is waiting. We talked a little bit about that last week, and we sang a lot about that today. Um, and we, as people, we, we don't like to wait. And the good news is, is that the story of Advent, the story of Christmas, is that God answered his plan. He fulfilled everything that he talked about in the Old Testament. 100% of the prophecies were fulfilled in Jesus. And so what we celebrate at Christmas is not just a baby, not just a prophet, not just a good man, not just a good teacher, but the Savior of the world who's come to this earth because God loved you and He loved me. And today we continue that story of the advent, of the arrival, of the waiting. And I want you to capture the idea that when we celebrate the Advent season, when we celebrate Christmas, we're celebrating what God did by fulfilling his promise through Jesus the child. But we, his people, are waiting for his return. We, his people, are waiting for the time when he will come back and resolve everything that is going on in the world. And bring everything to a conclusion. And so today we come to the second gift that we receive from heaven above in Jesus, the Christ child. Today we unpack the gift of love. Today we unpack the idea that God is love. God loved us. And then we should have a response to that. And so today we're going to largely be in 1 John chapter 4. We're going to be in several different places, but that's primarily where we're going to be today. And so if you have your Bibles, you can turn to 1 John chapter 4 as we focus on the gift that Jesus brought in love. The gift that Jesus brought in love. And perhaps um, the greatest desire of every human, truly at the heart of who we are, is is to love and to be loved. That's the greatest desire of, of every human is to love and to be loved. That's how we're made. That's how we were created. That's how we were designed by God, to love and be loved. But if you take a glimpse of just an, and just a glimpse of one small part of anything in the news today, you can tell that we got it terribly wrong. Over the last just few months, if you just look at the news, if you look at the stories that are... that current events that are going on right now in our world, you can tell that we don't truly understand love. And and even in this room, I I just want to begin by by challenging all of us. If if we came in today and we're kind of like, oh great, it's Christmas and Pastor Todd's talking about love, and that's pretty obvious. Yeah, God loved us. He sent Jesus his son. And and we kind of approach the idea of of understanding God's love with this idea that we really, truly do understand it. We've got it all down. Uh, I, I want us to press pause on that thought because I think that our actions and our attitudes toward God and each other often show that we don't. It often shows that we truly don't understand this. We truly don't understand the type of love that God expressed in the sending of his son Jesus to this world. And I think that our world largely has a tainted view of love, a misunderstanding of what love is all about. It's, it's uh, something that we have taken and we've completely turned it upside down and unfortunately we've made it our own And so in our attempt to love and be loved, to fulfill that greatest need in our lives and express that greatest um, uh, need in our lives, to have that greatest expression in our lives fulfilled, um, we have really, really taken what God intended to be right and true and good, and we've twisted it and we've made it something unrecognizable. And I would suggest to you today it's because we really, truly don't understand the gift of love that God was giving us when He sent Jesus into this world. Today we're gonna to begin in 1 John 7 through 12. Um, let's read this morning. Beloved, He says, let us love one another, for love is from God, and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. And He says, anyone who does not love does not know God, because God is. Love. I want you to say that with me. God is love. He goes on, he says in in verse 9, and this love, in this, the love of God was made manifest among us, that God sent his only Son into the world so that we might live through him. In this is love, not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation. We'll come back to that word in a moment because some of you are like, whoa, that's a big Bible word there. For our sins, the word truck backed up today. Verse 11, beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God abides in us, and his love is perfected in us. John here describes what true love is. And in Scripture, in the New Testament, we see different types of loves, love described. We see the type of love that's the brotherly type of love that we can have um, for each other, friendship. There's described the romantic type of love that a husband has for a wife and in courting and in, in dating and in, in marriage. And then there's the kind of love um, that's described in scripture that describes just a general love of people or love of God's people. But God talks about a different type of love. You see, his love that he expressed to us when he sent his son to die on the cross for our sins it's a whole different currency than the type of love that we have in our minds when i was um about 15 years old i I got a job at eddie bauer um eddie bauer i'm not even sure if it's like there anymore i think it is here in the outlets in our area but i'm not sure like where they are in in the scheme of things but um from about 15 all the way through college i worked at at Different Eddie Bauer stores in the Atlanta area, and um, one day when I was about 15, I don't know, maybe and a half or almost 16 years old, um, there's this lady that came into our store, and she put, um, she had a whole like bag of clothes that she put on top of the counter, and I was ringing people up that day, and it was during uh, the Christmas season, so it was really busy, and um, she she rang up at about you know 120, 125 dollars worth of clothes. And she pulled out of her purse, she pulled out her pocketbook, and she pulled out a a bunch of um, currency that I didn't recognize. Um, She was from England. And she pulled out a a bunch of currency that um, was based on the the pound, the English pound. And it was English currency. And I I had to explain to her that um, at least at this Eddie Bauer, we couldn't take her English pound today. They're British pound. And so she tried to pay the price with a different type of currency. She tried to to operate and to, to purchase something with a different kind of currency. And I think that's kind of how we have it when we try to love people in our own strength. When we try to love people with our own view of what love is all about, we try to use a currency that's our currency. And God says that, man, that is not the type of currency that I want you to have. The type of currency that I want you to have is agape love, the type of love that I showed you when I sent my son into the world. The type of love that John describes in verse 10. He says, in this is love, not that we have loved God, but that he loved us. And he sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. That word propitiation is, yeah, it's a big word. The the word truck backed up. But essentially what that means is is it means a sacrificial substitute. You see, God sent this, this baby into the world to grow up to be that sacrificial, someone who is willing to lay his life on the line, a sacrificial, let that sink in for a moment, a sacrificial substitute. For the results of our sin, which is death. That's what Romans says. And so God sent Jesus into the world, and when he came into the world, we received the gift of love that is probably like, it's, it's hard for us even to grasp how much he loved us. And so I think that sometimes we think that Christmas is all about the shopping and the family and the getting together and the food and more food and more food and a little bit of football, go Georgia Bulldogs, there I got it in. (laughs) thank you go dogs and there's some other teams that won there but anyway like we think that that's what Christmas is really truly all about we think it's just about like the season and what we see and, and the gifts and the shopping oh man it's so much more than that but it's even more than worshiping God even though that's part of what it's all about you see, the Advent season, the Christmas season, the awaiting of Christ come to earth, of God come to earth, of the Messiah coming to this world to save us from our sins is really as much about God, about loving, uh, God loving us as it is about us loving God. You see, I think that sometimes we mix this up. We have this idea that we have to do so much, we have to perform so much, and yes, there's something that is required from us. We're going to talk about that in a few minutes. But, but I think that um, Christmas, sometimes we, we kind of get this turnaround. around. Christmas is not nearly as much about us loving God, but God loving us. He made the first move. And if you really stop and think about the fact that the God of creation made the first move in loving you, if you came in here today and you feel unlovely, or you maybe feel unloved, that's a heavy, heavy thought. That can be the thing that can completely change our outlook on all of life, that God made the first move. Christmas means that he loved us. And so in a day that we don't understand love and we don't understand what waiting really is all about, we, we can do our best to understand this type of agape love. Yeah, we're not going to get it right all the time, that's for sure. We're human, we're sinful. We're going to make mistakes. We're going to be selfish instead of selfless. We're going to want more for what we want than what for others want. But I think John gives us a blueprint of maybe what love is truly all about here. And the first thing out of three things that I think we can learn first and foremost is that God is love. That God is love. Think about that for a moment. That God is love. That the essence of who God is is love. That's who he is. It's not just what he gave us. It's not just what he expressed to us. It's not just what he did through Jesus, his one and only son. But God, the essence of who he is, is love. Verses 7 and 8, I think, describe this. Beloved, he says, let us love one another. For love is from God. There he says it's from God, and whoever, whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. But look at verse 8, he says, anyone who does not love does not know God. Say that last phrase with me, because God is love. <laughs> That's the gift that was sent from heaven above, a gift of love. And the one who is love could express that by sending his son. You see, God is truly love we can find out the, the essence of what uh, some type of, of material is by understanding the chemistry of it and we find out that that different uh, elements uh, make up different things that we see at the at the very smallest level at the at the atomic level and and at the very smallest core essence of who god is he is love this is very essence it's all of who he is. And God's people have experienced the fact that God is love all throughout our history. The nation of Israel experienced it. We, we're talking a little bit in the Advent season about the nation of Israel waiting God, waiting, waiting for the Messiah. And many of them are still waiting. Those who have accepted Jesus as their Savior, they are no longer waiting. But some of them are waiting. And Isaiah describes this inspired by God's Holy Spirit to write this. In Isaiah, I love this passage from Isaiah 54, 7 through 10. Check this out for a brief moment. I deserted you, but with great compassion I will gather you. God says to the nation of Israel, the, the Jewish people. And in overflowing, in overflowing anger for a moment, I hid my face from you. But with everlasting love, I have compassion on you, says the Lord, your Redeemer. You see, all the way back in the prophets, all the way back in the Old Testament times, um, God was beginning to talk about the fact that he was the redeemer of all mankind. And it's the fact that he is love that allows him to be that redeemer. Verse 9, this is like in the days of Noah to me. As I swore to the waters uh, of Noah should no more go over the earth, so I have sworn that I will not be angry with you and I will not rebuke you. You may have come in here today and you think, man, um, in this world I have so much pain. I think God's pretty angry with me. I want you to know today that he's not. And the reason that he's not is because he is love. He is love. There's nothing that you have done, nothing that you will ever do that can separate you from the love of God That is in Christ Jesus. Verse 10. For the mountains may depart and the hills may be removed. But my steadfast love shall not depart from you. And my covenant of peace shall not be removed, says the Lord who has compassion on you. And the gift of love from heaven above, first and foremost, tells us that God is love. But secondly, the gift of Christmas, the gift of Advent, the gift of Jesus means that not only is God his love, but that God loved us. And I know some of you are like, man, that is so overly simple, Todd. But We miss this, don't we? Just like we miss hope last week. God is love, and therefore God loved us. And the expression of God's love is Jesus. The Christmas season, the Advent season, is the greatest expression of God's love because he sent his son Jesus to this earth for one purpose and one purpose alone. And that was to what? To die. To be a sacrifice. To die on the cross so that we, if we accept him, can have eternal life. Look again at the words of John in 1 John verse 9 in chapter 4. In this, the love of God was made manifest among us. In this, the love of God was made manifest among us. That God sent his only son into the world so that we might live now through him. That word manifest, I love that word. Uh, Jen, Jen uh, prayed about it earlier and we, we, we sing about it at the Christmas season. We talk about it at the Christmas season. We, we uh, you know, focus on it especially right now that God is among us. And that word manifest literally means he made his presence known to us. He made his presence known to us. I remember when Sean was little, um, I walked in the house, and the house was quiet, and uh, I was a little tired and possibly a little cranky from a long day, maybe, (laughs) and the girls were somewhere back in the back part of the house, and um, uh, I thought Sean was either in bed or in his room. And so I walked into the kitchen and I set my bag down and I set my keys down and my wallet, got my wallet out. And, and out of nowhere, Sean pops up behind the counter and scares me to death. <laughs> You've probably had that happen. He made his presence known to me <laughs> in an instant. <laughs> and I told him to never do that ever Again. And he's 10 years old and he's done it several times. And I've lived to tell about it. The God of creation, the Holy One, the Righteous One, the one who is perfect and holy, chose to make his presence known to us through the gift of his Son, through a child, through a baby. That's an amazing thing to think about if you really let that sink in as well. That God sent his son into this world and made himself known to us. Put on flesh and blood and was totally human but totally perfect at the same time. And he did it for us. John 3, 16, which probably if you've never set foot in a church, you know this verse. But it says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. But I want you to look at 17. We often miss verse 17. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. God is love, and God loved us. And those two facts are the very essence of what Christmas is all about. That he made the first move. That he made the first move by sending his son. He resolved what happened all the way back in Genesis in the garden of Eden when he created a perfect world and Adam and Eve decided that they would rebel against God and created this what we have today. And Romans says that there's none of us that's righteous no not even one of us, but God is love. And God chose to love us. That's awesome news, isn't it? That's the most incredible news that we could hear. That's the most amazing thing that we could ever experience and ever think about. It's the most um, truthful truth of any truth that's out there. Is that God is love. And that God loved us. It's better news even than Georgia winning the SEC championship, I promise you. But you know, um, it does demand a response from us, doesn't it? And that's the third thing. That's the last thing I want, to, want you to know today. Is that because God is love and because he loved us, what John says here is that part of the Advent season, part of receiving that gift above is to pass it on. See, we should love others. We should love others. See, the evidence of God's love in us is our love for others. The evidence of God's love in us is our love for others. John, First uh, John four seven, beloved, let us love one another. For love is from God, and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. He says that we should love one another. In fact, the whole that's where the whole passage begins. And if God is love, and if we His people are loved by Him, then what we should do is we should then strive to love others. In the same manner in which God loved us. In that sacrificial selfless way. That he loved us. Verse 11 says. Beloved if God so loved us. We also ought to love one another. Don't you hate it when people say that you should or ought to. Or you need to. Or they think you should. Or something like that. But you know. This is something. That should not be something for us, if we're Christ followers, that's a drudgery. It shouldn't be something that we feel obligated to do out of duty, but out of an expression, and overflow of how much God loved us. Beloved, if God so loved us, then we also ought to love one another no one has ever seen God if we love one another God abides in us and his love is perfected in in us and what John is saying here is, is that if we truly have God in us if we've truly received and opened up that gift of love that God gave when he sent his son then it's going to be evidenced in how we love other people the evidence of God's love in us is truly our love for others how do we love other people? Wow, that's a whole message series, isn't it? Corinthians 13 describes what love is. And sometimes those things are very difficult to do. That it doesn't keep record of wrongs. That it it's pure. That it's always patient. Wow, that one's tough, isn't it? that love always endures, that it hopes all things, that it endures all things. And those things are very difficult to do. But I would imagine that um, some of you may have come in here today and you're feeling very unlovely or very unloved. And my challenge to you, if you're a Christ follower in here today, is that in response to God giving his gift of love in Jesus to you, that you find a way to love someone who maybe has hurt you. To find a way to love someone who maybe you have hurt. To find a way to love someone who may themselves not be so lovely. Because that's what God did with us, didn't he? I don't deserve his love. I don't deserve his grace. I don't deserve the hope that we talked about last week. And so I think that the fact that God is love and that God loved us and that we should then love others can be demonstrated when we find ways to forgive those who have hurt us. When we find ways to restore relationships that have been tense or broken. That we find ways to serve those who are in need, either close to us or maybe just acquaintances, a neighbor or a friend or someone who we know is in need. You see, when we go through life and we blindly ignore forgiveness and when we blindly ignore restoration when we blindly ignore serving other people i think we stifle and deny that gift of love that god has given us in jesus see the arrival of the christ child gives us the gift of love while we wait to see him one day last week we talked about how we hope this week we talked about how we can love and how can we can receive love and while we wait for his return, while we wait for this world to be resolved, man, we can love each other. I certainly don't like to wait. I'm sure you don't either. My uh, family, when I was about I was about eight years old, my mom and dad and my grandparents decided that it would be a really good idea to uh, pile six of us in a um, Cadillac DeVille that seats about... Four people, and we piled all of us in this car, and they decided it would be a good idea for our summer vacation to drive from Tampa, Florida to Colorado, (laughs) and uh, my sister and I were in the back, and we spent most of the time without seat belts (laughs) down in the floorboard of the back seat, and we spent most of our time fighting with each other and picking on each other and I remember my sister she had um, we both had um, some things we didn't have iPads or iPhones or really anything that ran on more than five minutes of battery back in that day and age it was the 1970s or maybe early 80s and so we didn't have a whole lot so we had a a pad and and pens and that sort of thing and paper and my sister uh, halfway through the trip drew a picture of her in jail (laughs) that's the kind of trip it was and I remember my dad at one point in time getting a little irritated and just saying, can't you all just love each other? And I said, tell her that. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I just wonder if um, God, even though he doesn't condemn us, even though that's, that was taken on the cross, even though he loves us and he's not angry with us, I wonder if he would look at us and say, can't y'all just love each other? Can't you strive to love each other like I loved you? I think that's our challenge when we receive the gift of love from the Christ child, is to love each other in return. Father God, I thank you so much for Jesus. I thank you so much for the, the gift of love that you presented us with on the cross and that you presented us with in a manger and in a stable and God that you presented us with in your only son Jesus and God as simple as we may think that is that you are love and that you loved us (laughs) and that we should love each other in return oh we've made a mess of that Admittedly, I've made a mess of that at times. And God, I pray for those who are in here today who are Christ followers, who already have their faith in you, God, and they understand that gift of love, but their attitudes and their actions towards someone close to them, towards an acquaintance, towards a friend, towards a family member has been less than lovely. And God, I pray right now that you would just challenge them this Advent season, this Christmas season, to do their part for forgiveness, to do their part to extend grace, to do their part to restore a relationship that's been broken, that you would help them to do their part to serve someone who they know is in need. Father God, I pray that we, your people, here at Hilton Head Island Community Church, would not ignore that in response to the fact that you're loved and that you loved us. God, I pray that you would help us to love others, to strive to do that in the way that you demonstrated it to us because we're so undeserving of the love that you gave us. Father God, I pray that you would help us to do that in the strong name of Jesus. I pray for those who May be here today and um, not really sure how they got here. Uh, they've never really truly put their faith in you to be their Savior. They've never really opened up that gift of love that you so willingly initiated and fulfilled. Right now, if you're here today, and everything that you've heard and the songs that have been sung and the words that you've heard, um, something has, has pierced your heart. Something is calling out to you to accept Jesus as your Savior. I want to invite you to do that now. I want, to, I want to challenge you to do that now. I want to implore you to do that now. Because what God did by sending his son Jesus oh, it's so amazing. He willingly sacrificed his own son. The Bible says if you put your faith in him, if you accept him, if you receive him as your savior, that you'll spend eternity in heaven with him when you die one day. And that's something that's certain for all of us is death. And if you're here today and you've never put your faith in him, I want to give you the opportunity to do that right now. And you can do it with just a prayer, just you and God talking, just silently in the quietness of this room. Every head bowed and every eye closed. I just want to invite you if you've never put your faith in Jesus, to pray this prayer or something like it to God. God thank you so much for the gift of Jesus and the gift of love that you gave me in your Son Jesus. And right now, I admit that I'm, I'm a sinner, I'm a sinner, and that I have flaws and failures that keep me far from you. And right now, I receive you to be my Savior. Right now, I put my trust in you, Jesus, for eternity. If you prayed that prayer, um, just with every head bowed and every eye closed, I'm just going to ask you to look up at me. If you prayed that prayer along with me, and just raise your hand. You don't have to raise it high. Just raise your hand. Awesome. awesome, awesome. Anyone else this morning, just raise your hand. Awesome. If you raised your hand this morning, you prayed that prayer even if you didn't raise your hand but you prayed that prayer I want to encourage you to tell me about it to fill that card out at the bottom of that folder that you you received when you came in today and let me know about your decision to follow Jesus and to accept his love and to accept his grace, God thank you so much for what you're doing in the life of our church, God thank you so much for what you're doing in and through your people here on Hilton Head and this Christmas season, this Advent season um, we just thank you from the for the gifts from heaven above. And we just want to thank you for that now. In these words, we want to praise you in Jesus' name. We pray, amen.